Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Give heed to the voice of my cry. My King and my God, for you I, I will pray. My voice you shall hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning I will direct it to you. And I will look up. For you are not a God who takes pleasure in wickedness, nor shall evil dwell with you. The boastful shall not stand in your sight. You hate the all workers of iniquity. You shall destroy those who speak falsehood. The Lord abhors the bloodthirsty and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into your house in the middle, multitude of your mercy. In fear of you, I will worship towards your holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in your righteousness because of my enemies. Make your way straight before my face. Lord God, we lift a praise to you. We worship you. We're here in the name of Jesus, to worship you, to adore you. Father, thank you for the opportunity that we have to do this very thing. Lord, to do our part to come into the presence, into your presence. Lord, in this moment I pray that no matter what we've done, no matter how many mistakes we've made, Lord, again, not to abuse or take your grace for granted, but Lord, thank you for your mercy and for your grace and your forgiveness that a people who are imperfect, who may have made mistakes in this moment, Lord, we commit everything that we are unto you and ask that you would forgive us for our shortcomings this week, for the thoughts that we've had, for the things that we've said and done. Lord, forgive us. Please, Lord. Please, Lord, remember that we are dust. Lord, remember, Lord, that the best of our abilities and then sometimes we fail to show our love toward you even with that great love that you've shown toward us. So Lord, we pray in this moment that you would help us to be changed. That the same things that trip us up or the same things, the same mistakes, the same faults, those same stumbling blocks, Lord, that in this moment we would learn of you, that we would become more like you, and those same things would not give us a problem. Lord, that your power, holiness, your justice, your righteousness would be what prevails in our lives. And we would walk according to your word, according to your will. Your will be done, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. and amen. amen. You may be seated. We're going to begin in um, 2 Timothy today. Um, I'm, on Wednesday, we were together and we studied... Um, we're still studying out of 1 Corinthians, but man, there's just a combination of things that I think that the Lord has uh, burdened my heart with. So I'm going to begin reading. Just follow with me, and then we'll break it down. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you for your word. Now, give us understanding. Give us understanding, Lord. Lead God and direct. Amen? Amen. So, we'll break it down. So, obviously, the first part of it is the, the bishop, the older apostle, 
greeting his son in the Lord and the pastor of that church at Ephesus, uh, Timothy. But now let's jump down to verse 5. We'll look at this together. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God, which is in you through the laying out of my hands. So pause here for a minute. Obviously, it, it, what the Apostle Paul, what we know by Holy Spirit and the Apostle Paul here is that uh, you know, Timothy has a background or he has grown up with knowledge of the Word of God. And obviously, that knowledge of the Word of God means the Old Testament, the Law and the Prophets. And there was a faith or at least there was a belief system that uh, he was um, at least nurtured up. We do know that his father was a Gentile. So we know that Timothy knew of, my brothers and sisters, he knew of uh, the scriptures, the Old Testament scriptures. And his, evidently his mother and his grandmother walked in the fear of the Lord. Amen? Amen. And so now Paul sp speaks to a faith that his grandmother and mother have. And, and so look what it says. I'm convinced that that same faith, that grounding, that thing, I'm convinced that, that what they had, it's in you. It was put in you by them. I know where this comes from. This faith that you have, this belief that you have, this adherence to the, what we know of the, the, the scriptures that you know, we know where that came from. Amen? Amen. But look what he says. <clears throat> I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You know, it's, it, to me, it's very easy because of what we know of the New Testament and what we see, you know, played out in the, in the church uh, from Acts forward. That gift that was laid upon him, that, was, that he received when Paul laid his hand upon him, was the Holy Ghost. So when Paul prayed for him and laid hands on him, so now you have someone who has a grounding somewhat in, in faith, a grounding in the belief of God through his mother and his grandmother, and now he, he has this Holy Ghost. Come on now. He believes in Christ, but he has the power of the Holy Spirit in him, on him, because the apostle laid hands on him. Amen? Amen. Very important part of that, because now look what it says in 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Okay, this is important for all of us as believers, and, and some of this, obviously, church, you guys know all, many of these scriptures, but my prayer is that the Holy Ghost is teaching, leading, guiding, directing us for such a time as this. We are a people that are living in a very specific time. And so I believe, my hope is that every message that the Lord speaks or ministers in this house is because of that, and it's for you, it's for me, it's for us, it's for we, amen, specifically for such a, a time as this. So look at uh, Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, just to remind you, Acts 1 verse 8, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So my brothers and sisters, now remember, in that setting, Jesus is saying that to his closest disciples. And he's saying that you're going to receive power. He also told him, you're, you're going to receive power, and then you're going to be enabled to be my witnesses. Prior to that, you're going to need this power. And what's the power? The power is going to come by Holy Spirit, right? So you're going to have this power so that you can do those things that I've called you to do. Amen? You need him in, to be endued with power from on high. Amen? All right. So we know that we agree with that. And, and you know what? Many denominations and people who call themselves Christians believe that. But they, they believe it in different ways and in different forms and they throw their, what, what should I say? They throw their spin on it, so to speak. I'm going to say some things and it may tick you off. I, I just got to tell you. I, I was in a church, many of you heard this before, where uh, a minister uh, taught that when you get saved, that's all the Holy Spirit you're ever going to get. Scripture does not say that. Not even a little bit. Okay, they don't believe in the manifestations of Holy Spirit, and we know that that's not true. They believe that most of the power gifts, most of the signs, wonders, and miracles, those truly miraculous powers that the early church was was blessed with, died with the apostles, and this God doesn't operate the same way. We all know that that's not true. That doesn't line up with what Jesus said. Amen. But there is a difference. There's definitely a difference. And, and my brothers and sisters, that's, that's what drives me. That's what energizes me. And, and even when we did the reboot of this ministry, that's one of the things that drove Michelle and I is, you know, we should be like the early church. There's no reason why we shouldn't be. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's continue. So now taking that power, 
remember, God has, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. We have power. We have Holy Spirit. We have Holy Spirit power. Amen? Amen. So look at Ephesians with me, please. In Ephesians chapter 1, I'll read, and some will be up, some won't. Therefore, in verse 15, I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may, be, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And listen to this, church. Look at this with me in verse 19. And what is the seeing greatness of his power toward us who believe? See, this is speaking, my brothers and sisters, toward power. You know, and, and, and the reason why I want to continue to emphasize this we can't just go ahead and go to a church, uh, uh, pray a prayer, I, I, I repent, Lord, I, I don't want to sin anymore against you, and understand that without his power, you're going to sin. You need the Holy Spirit in you. You need that presence of God in you to help you with your own lusts. You need the presence of God. You need the power of God just to run, just, just to walk according to the word. You need the power of the Holy Spirit just to understand what his word says. So my brothers and sisters, if that power now is in you, look at what the, the Bible is telling us here, what the Word of God is saying, saying to us. It, the exceeding greatness of power to us who believe, according to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at the right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality, all power, might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but on all the ages which are to come. My brothers and sisters, we are his body. And what this is saying is, Jesus himself, out of his own mouth, all, all authority has been given to me. He is seated at the right hand of power. You know what that means? There is nothing or no one more powerful, more powerful than Jesus. Period. That's not just a good saying. That's not just a fun thing to, to, to have on your mind and on your heart. It's not a good thing to keep you going. No, that is a fact. That is a fact. But look at what it says, that his power is directed toward us. We are his body. So when he's seated at the right hand of power, guess what? You have some power. There's no excuse. You have power. Amen? Amen? Don't settle. You have power. Amen. It just says, listen, it says this, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead now resides in us. Amen. That's a pretty powerful spirit that took a totally dead body and caused life right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right now. It's, let's listen. Now to he who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think, according to what? The power that works in us. Think about that statement. He is able to do, uh, listen, he is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we ask or think. Whatever you can imagine, my brothers and sisters, he's able to do more than that. Yes. That's pretty powerful. Think about that. That's, that's enormously powerful. So God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. Amen? Power. You've got power. I've got power. And so, my brothers and sisters, but it doesn't seem like it, does it? Sometimes. His fault? No. Not at all. Amen? So now let's go. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power of love. Of love. Of love. Look at Galatians 5, uh, beginning in verse 4 with me. You have become estranged from Christ, you who attempt to be justified by law. You have fallen from grace. Let me give you a little... Obviously, Paul is just saying that this, this, the Judaizers are infecting the church at Galatia. They're saying you need to go ahead and follow the law. And what Paul is saying is if you're trying to follow the law, then you're, you're not making it. Then, then grace is of no effect on you. It's the grace of God by faith that saves you. It's not adherence to the law. To the law, by the works of the law shall, shall no flesh be saved. So this is what Paul, you have become estranged from Christ. You attempt to be justified by the law. You have fallen from grace. For we through the Spirit eagerly await for the hope of righteousness 
by faith. The righteousness that we achieve, Jesus achieved it. And that we follow him and that righteousness that he had is now ours. Okay? For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but faith working through love. Faith working through love. See, my brothers and sisters, look, watch. Jesus did what he did for you and for I. Love. Love. He loved us and did what he did for us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. But I'm seeing this... it's, it's saying, listen, you can do all of these religious things or you can try to do all of these religious things. You can modify your behavior. You can go to church every Sunday and even on Wednesday and, and you could do this and you could do that. But if you don't have faith in Jesus Christ, none of that means anything. You could be the most religious person that walked on the face of the earth. But if you don't have Christ, if you don't trust Christ, what he did on that cross, if you're not a believer in the blood of Jesus that truly has taken away your sin, and then therefore, because of that, you choose to be his disciple, you follow him. Amen? You follow him. You just don't go ahead and, okay, Jesus, wash me with your blood, and then then what would happen when you go and live that old life that you lived? You're getting dirty all over again. Come on. Hallelujah. No. No. But look at what it says, though. Faith works. That faith that we have, that faith only works through love. Now, I can't go there without going to 1 Corinthians, which we've been studying, chapter 13. So those of you who have been faithful, some of this stuff is going to be so familiar to you. In, fa- in 1 Corinthians 13, in, in the, the second verse, the last half of the second verse, it says this, Although I have faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love... I am nothing. Do you hear what that verse is saying? Do you hear what the Holy Spirit is saying to you and to me? I mean, you could you could claim and boast this faith and you trust in this, but if you have if you don't have love, you're nothing. Well, that faith is nothing. That's an enormous statement. That's an enormous truth. Come on. Hallelujah. James tells us faith without works is dead, right? In James, the book of James, faith without works. You show me your faith without works, I'll show you my faith by my works. Faith without works is dead. According to this, faith without loves, it, love is nothing. That's pretty, that's pretty strong. That's pretty important, I would say, wouldn't you? Hallelujah. So now let's go back to Galatians. We'll be in chapter 5, but we're going to jump down now to verse 13. Some of it will be up, some of it won't. In verse 13, For you, brethren, have been called to liberty. Only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For all the law is fulfilled in one word, even this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you consume, be consumed by one another. So let's break this down just a little bit. You're, you're so worried about you know, maintaining the law or keeping to the law, but look at what he's saying here. All the law could be fulfilled in, in one, and that would be love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now remember, he's speaking to the church, so when he's talking there, beware lest you consume one another by backbiting and devouring one another by... Come on. That doesn't happen in this church. That doesn't happen in your family. Come on. See, I'm not trying to... No, no. But just look at what the Word says. So, so my brothers and sisters, so now when we, when we see these things and we know these things, is it possible that that could be the reason why we do not have the power of God flowing in the church? Amen? And, and look what he's saying. Don't, don't do that because you're wasting all of your time, all of your energy, and you're, you're just eating each other up. You're consuming each other. In the meantime, the enemy's having a blast. Hallelujah. Then he goes on. Paul goes on and, and he says, you know, he gives them the, the, the general of, of execution, what the execution of, of walking in the Spirit is all about. And he says, when you do this, when you walk in the Spirit, you're not going to fulfill these natural desires that you have, the lusts of the flesh. 
He then describes what the result is as it relates to the, the fruit. When you're walking in the Spirit, there's going to be this fruit. Um, but when you walk across, when you walk in the flesh, there's going to be that fruit, right? But look at what he says. In, in, in when, you walk, when you walk according, I, I just got to say this because it's become such an issue in the culture right now. The two things that he mentions first when, when he talks about walking according to flesh, forgive me for this mic for whatever reason, it's so bent out of shape. Um, the two things that he mentions have to do with uh, uh, physical sin, you know, sexual sin. My brothers and sisters, there's no accident that the enemy of your soul and mine is using that in a real and mighty way, not just with young people. Not just with young people. Amen? Sorry, Mitch. This... But my brothers and sisters, remember, remember, none of us, none of us, if we're living in this body, are not susceptible to certain things of the flesh. We all have those in us, these love, and that's what the enemy is preying upon. And so when he says, when you're walking according to the flesh, you're going to do these things. But conversely, he says, now when you're walking according to the Spirit, you're going to produce the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit, in verse 22 of chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit is love. First one, love. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So when you're walking out after the Spirit, these are the things that are evident in your life. The first one, and the most important one, love. Amen? It's, it's, but look at what comes next. Joy, joy and peace. Who doesn't want to have joy in their life? Who doesn't want to have peace in their life? And that peace means the same thing as shalom peace, wellness, wholeness, you're, everything's, you're, it's taken care of. Who doesn't want that? In fact, my brothers and sisters, you and I as human beings are wired to be joy, to have joy, to, to look for happiness, to look to be satisfied. Isn't that the case? Now, uh, obviously, I'm no biologist, I'm no neuroscientist or anything like that, but I do know enough that there's some chemical responses that happen in our brains and, and, in our, you know, and they, these neural pathways are formed and blah, blah, blah. Don't write me if you're a doctor or a biologist. I'm not going to read it anyway. You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying. So when we do, when we satisfy, we get satisfaction from certain things, bring us joy. I mean, so now what we have to do is train ourselves to get joy from other things. Don't look at the... Come on. Come on. But the fruit of the Spirit is love. Love first. Amen? Love first. And so we can't talk about love without going to 1 Corinthians 13, as most of you all know. I'm just going to go through it, and my brothers and sisters, let the Holy Spirit lead and guide and direct you, okay? And some of you who are missing uh, Wednesday night... Um, I'm not going to repeat every Wednesday to you, so you need to be there. <laughs> though I speak, verse 1, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I've become brass, uh, a sounding brass, excuse me, or a clanging cymbal. Do you see what he's saying? I could speak with this heavenly language. I could speak with a tongue that's not known of this earth. I could speak with that unknown tongue. I could speak with that language that's given to me by the Holy Spirit. Or I could speak with all the different tongues of the earth. And I, if I have that ability to do that, but I don't have love, I'm just making noise. That's what this is saying. So I could have this ability, that come, this, this, this supernatural ability to speak in a tongue and all of a sudden, what the Lord is telling me is, if I don't have love, I'm just making noise. That's nothing. And though I have a gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so I could move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but I have not love, it profits me nothing. See what he's saying there? I mean, you could write all the checks you want. You can write all the checks you want. You could even die as a martyr. You could even die naming the name of Jesus on your lips. But if there's no love in your heart, doesn't mean a thing. Doesn't mean a thing. Love suffers long. We got that one? Love suffers long and is kind. 
Do you know that word kind, as, as many of us know who are studying together, that word kind just doesn't mean to be, oh, nice, no, nice. No, no it's really an action word. It's useful. You know, act in a way that's beneficial. It's an action. Like love itself is an action. When it says that love suffers long and is kind, it's talking about love is going to wait. Love is going to put up with a lot of stuff. Love suffers long. Do you understand that? Love suffers long. But it's kind and love takes action. Love is kind. Love, love is doing something that's beneficial and useful. I want to draw your attention uh, to Second Peter uh, chapter 3, verse 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us. Why? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God doesn't want anyone to go to hell. God doesn't want anyone to suffer the second death. He did not create hell for humans, although there will be a bunch of humans that are going there. It's because they've chosen to go there. My brothers and sisters... God, God is long-suffering toward us. So we also see in Romans, in Romans chapter 2, beginning in verse 2, we know that the judgment of God is according to truth against those who practice such things. He's, talked about, he's talking about some of those things that, and even says, you know, those of you who, are, who think and you're judging people for these certain things and you're doing the same things, you're not going to escape judgment yourself. And he names a lot of those things. And do you not think this, O man, who you judge those practice who, those who practicing such things and doing the same, that you will not escape the judgment of God? Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? Do you see what he's saying there? The long suffering and goodness. Now that word goodness is the same word. It's translated the same base word as that word kind that we saw love is long-suffering and kind. That word is the same. So in Romans, that word goodness and in uh, 1 Corinthians 13, that word kind, its base is the same Greek word. A little academic, a little boring for you, huh? It's important. God is long-suffering not knowing that the goodness of God, don't you know that the, this, this is so important to you and to me. It's not God's punishment that causes people to change. Do you see what it's saying here? It's God's long-suffering and kindness. It's God's long-suffering and goodness that causes people to repent. Did, did you hear that? See, when I was young, and I've shared this with you before, and I, did, I, I wanted to do the right thing and not get caught because I feared the punishment. As I got older and respected my parents, especially my dad, who was the one who struck fear in you, I, I really I did not want to disappoint him anymore because I loved him. Do you understand that? That's where true change comes. That's when you know things have changed. Not that you're just modifying your behavior in this moment because you think it might cost you something. Or you modify your behavior in this moment because you think you might gain something. No, you modify your behavior or you change what you are. You change the path that you're on because you love somebody. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. We need to understand that, my brothers and sisters. Love doesn't envy. Love does not parade itself. It doesn't brag or boast. There's a lot of brags, braggadocious people and boasters in the church. There's a lot of people that like to talk about you know, what God is doing on them, in them, through them, or whatever. And there's a lot of people who would do that and almost try to make someone else feel bad. I, has anybody witnessed that besides me? Pray for him. Pray for him. Love is not puffed up. It's not prideful or haughty. Does not behave rudely. Whew. Isn't that a little bit tough these days? Come on. Think about this. Let's think about the outside world. It's, it's, it is extremely tough. In fact, yesterday, we were on our way home, Michelle and I, 
and Michelle was ordering through the drive-thru, and that person got a little bit snippy. A little bit snippy. Now, the old Tony inside that I have to every once in a while say, shut up, and I'm not always successful, but that old Tony wanted to go to that window and say, may I speak with the manager, please? Just let it go. Okay? So now, that's the world. I'm guessing that that girl, that young lady, wasn't a Christian. If she was, we need to pray for her. But, but listen, or maybe she needs to go to a different church where they preach like this. But what I'm saying to you, though, is, look, you know, that's the world. They're going to do what they're going to do. We can't do that in the church. We do do it in the church, though. We should never, ever be in a position where we behave rudely to each other or toward each other or toward anyone for that matter. Amen? No matter what. It does not seek his own. Love does not seek his own. Love is not selfish. Love doesn't just think about itself, its own interests. Love is not provoked, stirred up, or angered easily. Come on. I got, I got to work on that one. Come on. Stupid people bother the heck out of me. There, especially. But my brothers and sisters, that you know, we can, you know, we're chuckling about it a little bit. But that, that's not, that's, that's not good for me. That's not good for you. No matter what your hot button is, that's not good. It's not right. You're not justified. Why? Because you have the Spirit of God in you. Love thinks no evil. Love thinks no evil. Does not rejoice in iniquity. Any righteousness or wrongdoing whatsoever. That doesn't mean, look, you know, you know what this means? This means <clears throat> that whether you see it or do it. So in other words, a lot of what's being glorified in our culture and society today is unrighteousness. Come on. A lot of the stuff that's happening in our culture and our society is being glorified. Criminals, now, nowadays criminals are more judged more righteously than police officers. Come on. I'm not st standing here being political. What I'm telling you is absolute truth. My brothers and sisters, that shouldn't be. According to this word, love doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness at all. And my brothers and sisters, that means, look, that means if I get away with something, I shouldn't be glad about it, but I certainly shouldn't be rejoicing in someone else's unrighteousness. I certainly shouldn't be, you know, some of these uh, TV shows, I, I heard one time, this was a while ago, I heard two uh, young ladies at a, uh, the club that I was working at, I went up for a cup of coffee, and they were talking about one of these uh, television shows that they're watching, one of these shows that's about, I don't know if it was the Kardashians or whatever, and I'm hearing them say some of the things that they were talking about and doing on this show, and they're laughing it up and yucking it up, and they say, wow, that, are you kidding me right now? They're glorifying these things on TV, in movies, and on social media, so that that's okay. The language that's used, the objectivity that is, is placed upon young women and anybody for that matter, all of those things that we, you know, we objectify and we, we take glory. God is saying, that's not right. Love doesn't do that. Come on. Did I say enough about that? Hallelujah. Love doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. See, my brothers and sisters, that's where we need to be. No matter my, listen, no matter how hard it is, no matter how difficult, no matter what, we should always be rejoicing in the truth. And again, going back to the culture, man, people are lying and getting away with it and they're being glorified and they're in power. I've never seen such things in all my life. If you see all of the things that are in the news right now about the, the people that occupy this White House and all the people around them, and you see all of this stuff happening and just nothing, nobody's going to do anything about it, and all this, you cannot have that prevalent in the culture, in the society, and not suffer any consequences. 
And, my brothers and sisters, moreover, our young people, we shouldn't teach them to be like all political, but we should teach them that is wrong. No matter how powerful you are, no matter how much money you make off of it, no matter what happens, no matter how much you succeed, no matter what, it is wrong. No matter what they say about it, no matter how much it's glorified, it is wrong. And you don't do it. Whether you're going to profit from it or if it costs you something, you always abide by the truth. Period. That's it. And it will cost you something. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Love bears all things. Verse 7. It bears all things. First Peter 4, 8, And above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. See, my brothers and sisters, look, if someone in the church is wronging me, but I truly love them, I'll be able to put up with it. I, sh I should be able to put up with it. Why? Look, listen, Michelle has done so many things, but I'm still with her. I knew somebody was going to take offense to that. <laughs> Let's just say it the other way around, okay? I've made so many mistakes. I've done so many things. But she's put up with me all these years. Now, how come I didn't get anybody? Come on. I see you laughing back there, Kaysen. Do you understand? Do, do you, do, I, I'm, I'm just using that example. I'm not trying to be silly. I'm using that as an example. Right? Listen, when you love someone, you know, you're going to bear with some of the things. Some of the, uh, come on, are you with me? Okay, so that's what that means. It doesn't mean that because God is love, you can sin and get away with it. It doesn't mean that. But it, what it does mean, He's not going to stop loving you and He's not going to leave you, but you better straighten it out. Amen? Okay. Galatians 6.2 Bear one another's burdens and so fill, fulfill the law of Christ. Bear one another's burdens. Work with each other. Help each other out. Don't be so quick to condemn someone or call out their faults. Are you with me? Boy, this is a tough crowd this morning. You're looking at her a little bit stone-faced. <laughs> love believes all things. Now, now, what does that mean, love believes all things? That means that you be, when you're a Christian, suddenly you become gullible? Of course not. It believes the truth. Anything that comes out of the mouth of God is truth, and it believes it. It hears to, relies upon, trust in. Amen? All right. Love hopes all things. Love hopes all things. What does that mean? That means no matter what circumstance I find myself in, there's always hope. No matter what, there's always hope. Romans 8.28 All things work together for good for those who love the Lord, for those who are called according to His purpose. So that means even, in, and so many of us in this room, and I know, yes and amen to Tony, there have been so many times in my life where that scripture held things together for me. Because you know things are going wrong. What's happening? I mean, just just in the last few weeks at the job, everything's going wrong. Anything they can and will go wrong. And so, okay, somewhere along the line here, something good is going to come of this. Don't know what yet, but i got to hang on. <laughs> Hope, listen to this. Love endures all things. See, that's, that's huge. We, we read in the Bible where the scripture tells us that we have need of endurance and endurance is part of the process. You know, you develop endurance by some of the things that you go through. Isn't that right? That's important. But love, see, that's why love, all of those things, you could say God is, is in the middle of all of it. God is all of those things. But now that becomes a fruit in our lives. If we're walking according to the Spirit, those are some of the things that are, those, all of those things should be manifested in our lives. Amen? Okay, so now let's go back. Right? So we've covered power and love. So let's go back to Timothy. Verse 7 of chapter 2, uh, man, chapter 1, 2 Timothy. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and of a sound mind. Now, some of you need to pay attention. <laughs> and the ones that didn't get that, you're it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm just kidding. Because, see, sound mind in that scripture doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, you have all of your... No, it's talking about really, you know, self-control. That's really what it's talking about. Let's go to 2 Peter uh, chapter 1, beginning in verse 2. 
Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power, see here we go again, has given us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these things you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust, but also for this very reason, give all diligence, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control. So I want, I want you to see something here. I think what the Spirit is talking to us here is talking about love. Although His divine power has given us all this, so we have the power of God. But we also know that we need, right? Everything that we are, everything we works by love. Okay? So we have this divine power and we have everything that we need for godliness, to be godly in this life. But it, look, there's this process that for this give all diligence, that, you, that means you work hard, you be intentional, uh, uh, adding to your faith virtue. Virtue, it's like uh, excellence, uh, like, a, high, like a, 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 a valor, excellence to virtue, knowledge. So we need to continue to grow in knowledge. So having this mind doesn't just mean that we in, uh, increase our knowledge. It does mean we should increase our knowledge, and we'll get there in a minute. But to knowledge, self-control. Now, what is, because you know better, now you need to go ahead and act according to what you know. And though your body may be screaming, and your own heart may be screaming everything else, but because you know something you see, you have to maintain control. Don't get rattled. Don't let your emotions take over and cause you to do things that are contrary to what you know. That's what this is doing. Be a, have, have a sound mind. Don't be rattled. Don't let your emotions get the best of you. Don't act out of your passions. Don't be like the Italian. You know what I mean? Come on. You gotta be, you gotta understand what the will of the Lord is and not let the circumstances cause you to lose your mind. Does everybody, is that ringing, is that tracking with anybody in here? It certainly is with me. So now look, let's go a little bit further. In Philippians chapter 2, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. There you go. So, so sound mind. Let this mind of Christ, let this mind that was also in Christ Jesus be in you who being in the form of God did not consider Robert to be equal with God. He was God. This is what that, that piece of scripture right there is saying, he knew he was God. And he wasn't grasping to maintain his, his head Godhead, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Okay, what does that have to do with sound mind? Let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. He knew who he was. He knew he was. And he, he didn't need to, he didn't, he didn't want to hang on to it. Instead, what he did was, he knew what the mission was. He knew what he was called to do. And so he humbled himself, made himself in the form of a man, and then humbled himself even further to die on the cross. Not just to die, but to die on the cross. Don't you know, even he admitted in the middle of that, he, can, he could have called in legions of angels and stopped it any time he wanted to. Amen. He didn't lose his mind. In the garden, do you remember in the garden what he was saying? Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass. He's sweating. He's literally sweating drops of blood. He's in such agony. He's so uh, overwhelmed by what he's about to do. He knows what he's going to. He knows exactly what he's going to suffer. He's uh, listen. He's already suffered some agony when he had his own disciples leave him. Come on. He already knows in his heart, in his mind, that he's going to be rejected. He already knows it. He has already been betrayed. Already knows that one who is with him for three years has already betrayed him. But there he is in that moment. Father, if there's a way, let's do it that way. Nevertheless, your will be done. Sound mind. Sound mind. Sound mind and follow through with it.
Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So now let's go back to Ephesians. In Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to begin in verse 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the equipment of saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity, Terry, of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love. Do you see that? Hang on to that. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes the growth of the body for the edifying of itself. How? In love. You see that? Watch. We know because we've been studying Corinthians together, they were being rebuked strongly by the Holy Spirit because they had uh, some competitions going on between them. They, they were competing as it relates to misusing spiritual gifts. They also said, well, I'm of Apollo. Some of the, there was, and, and so the apostle by the Holy Spirit is correcting and he's rebuking them. And then you see here the same apostle speaking about we're one body. And everybody has their part to do. And so, listen, it doesn't matter who the pastor is, but he better be speaking the truth. It, it, but it, it doesn't matter who the heads of unity are, but they better be doing it according to the Holy Spirit, the gifting that the Holy Spirit has gave them. Come on. It, it doesn't matter who's at the soundboard and who's looking at the scriptures, right, Casey? It doesn't matter. What matters is that they're doing it according to what? What the Lord has given them. And it doesn't matter. I shouldn't say, well, shoot. Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter who the praise team is. I got a better voice than her. I can sing better than that. Volunteer. Otherwise, shut up. I wish the music was better in this place. Well, I do too. Come on. Do you, do you understand? We're all to come together edifying the body in love. It's all about love. So love is not envious. Love doesn't... Come on. So all of those things that love is not, we need to make sure it is not. And all of those things that love is, we, it, we should be. Why? Then the body is built up strong together. And my brothers and sisters, we need to edify each other. We need to build this body strong. And not just this body, this local church, these four walls, but anybody else. Anybody else who's truly of the Lord Jesus Christ who needs our help, we're going to help. And come on. We're partnered with Helping Rock, with Pastor Eddie and Miss Wanda. They're doing, they're doing a mighty work. God is working through them. God is doing some things. And I'm so happy that we're just a small part of that. But yet and still, we love them. And I know that they love us. And, and we're, we're, my brothers and sisters, we're working. I can't go to the Dominican right now. I wasn't called to do that. I don't know that any of you, you may be making a trip over there someday. I hope we do. Send some missions over there to work with Eddie and, and Miss Wanda. I hope we do. But my brothers and sisters, if that's not your call, but here's, here's, what we, here's what we are. We are part of that same body. And because we are, we love them. We care for them. When they have a need, we're going to help them. And they have a need, we're going to help them. Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But, but you see what it says there first? I want to, hey, Kaysen, thank you for leaving it up there. See what it says right there? Speaking the truth in love? Yes. I can handle the truth. I want the truth. I need the truth. You need to be in a position where you better be in a position where you can handle the truth. You, you, you need to be. Why? Because if you can't handle the truth, you're not going to grow. You can continue in your error and you can find yourself without Holy Spirit or quenching the Holy Spirit in your life. You can find yourself fulfilling the lusts of the flesh. Why? Because no one loved you enough to tell you the truth. Come on. I'm, I'm very fortunate. I mean, I have a wife 
who's a born-again Christian. So when I get into those funks, or if I'm saying something, she, she can remind me of the truth. Some of you, the same thing. You have spouses or you have partners and, and you could, or you have a prayer partner, you have a, someone who is a Christian who, who, you know, you're close enough with who doesn't mind telling you that you got spinach on your teeth. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> you know, this is funny, but it's true, and I don't want you to think that I'm just saying it because it's funny. I was at a conference one time. I was away. I can't remember which state I was in, but I was at a conference, and I nicked myself shaven, and so I'm in a hurry because I'm going to be late for my seminar, and so I run down there, and they, they, before the seminar, you have this little thing where you have coffee or whatever, and so, you know, I go into the restroom, and I'm about to walk out of the restroom, and a young man says, hey, excuse me, yeah. Well, when I cut myself, I put a little piece of tissue paper there. And I was walking around with that. But this young man stopped me to tell me, you got something on your face. He didn't care that I was a stranger. And in fact, he, was, he happened to be an African-American young man. He didn't care that I was white. He cared enough about me. Hey, you got something. Come on. See, as silly as that is, my brothers and sisters, this is what the Scripture is telling us. We can't be afraid to speak the truth in love. We speak the truth because we love, and we speak the truth in love. My brothers and sisters, we have this power, but the power is only when we're adhering to the truth. The reason why we have power is because we know what the truth is. Here comes knowledge. We, they shall know the truth, and the truth shall set them free. We have freedom. We have power because we know the truth when we adhere to the truth. Now look at, watch. Adam and Eve, they did not adhere to the truth. What happened? The enemy caused them to doubt. And because they did not stand on the truth, they lost a bunch. Didn't they? Okay? So, so, so that's the thing. The truth is it. And you stand on the truth and the truth is what empowers you. So even when things look bad and it doesn't look like it's working out the way God said it would, stand on the truth, you win. Amen? So I'm, I'm thinking about, I want to know some positive, because now we're living in this, this world. Uh, I, I saw a headline the other day, and there was this Catholic couple, please forgive me if I'm not getting the details right, but it's just, you got the gist of it, that were denied being foster parents because they would not adhere to an LBGTQ plus uh, situation if the kid wanted to be into that. So they were denied being... So think about that for a minute. So you have a, a couple who, would, who wants to help someone who needs help. And they're turned down simply because they're Catholic and they have a strict adherence to what Catholicism says about LGBTQ+. Think about that. That's where we are right now. That's where we are. So now, if you're that parent and you say, well... I really want a kid. I really feel like God is leading me to foster some kids. So, okay, well, we'll work with them. That's not your truth. That's not your truth. You can't do that. You've got to stand on the truth. You've got to hang. My brothers and sisters, more and more things are happening that way. Where it's more geared toward fostering and encouraging a disbelief in Judeo-Christian values, in Judeo-Christianity, period. And it's going to continue. That's why, my brothers and sisters, listen, the enemy, the powers that be, they're afraid of the truth. We need to make sure that we're telling each other the truth in love. The power that we have is absolutely, there's, there's no such thing as power if we're not standing on the truth. It's temporal. It's a facade. I need, to stay, I need to know what the truth is and I need to abide in it. And so here's the thing. I could say, well, God has filled me with knowledge. I have proof and God is doing work in me and all this. But now here's what the scripture says. If I don't have this relationship, I don't have that relationship. Read John, 1 John. So I could think I'm so powerful and I have, if, listen, 
Here's what I'm saying to you. It doesn't matter how much you think you know. It doesn't matter what you think the Lord is doing through you. If you don't have love for the brethren, if you don't love those people, then God says that you, don't, you can't love Him. And if you can't love Him, there's no way that you're abiding in truth. There's no way. Come on. So, 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 so what? So, what to, so we need to make sure, my brothers and sisters, that we, this power that we have has to be rooted and grounded in the truth and it has to be evident because of the way we love. Amen? But we need this power. Look, at, when I look at people like um, King David, who when he's a teenage boy, he's a teenage boy, the whole army of Israel and mighty Saul are cowering in, in fear because of Goliath standing in the bed, calling them out. He comes up there and they're trying to give it, and Saul tries to give him this armament and this and that. He says, nah, it doesn't fit me. It's not been tried. But here's what I do know. Come on. I know some truth about my God. Come on. I was there and I, I, I killed a lion. I was there. I saved my lambs. I saved them. Come on. I was there. I, I know the truth about our God. Goliath is totally insulted that they send a little boy out there. Hey, today I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to feed you. And uh -uh. David says, uh-uh. No, 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 no. Today, I'm going to take your head off your shoulders and I'm going to feed your body and all of the, and the Philistine army is go, so that you know because you've not defied me. You've defied the armies of the Lord God. Amen? And so today, you're going to be eaten by the vultures. Today, you're the one that's going to be eaten up. <laughs> Hallelujah! He, had it, he knew what the truth was. And then this way, everyone is going to know that there is a God in Israel. Amen? This is what happens when you walk truth in your life. No matter who is throwing shade at you, no matter what is going on, no matter who wants to mock you or criticize you, no matter who wants to you know, make sure that they're not anywhere near you, no matter what happens, you stand on the truth. You walk in the truth because the more you do that, the more people see there is a God in that person's heart. Hallelujah. And the more that you put up with, the more you're showing there truly is a God in your heart. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. What about Jonathan, the, the son of King Saul? He sees that there's a garrison of Philistines that came into the territory of Israel. And he, him and his armor bearer are the only two out there. And he says, well, let's go up and get them. Listen, God, see, he knew a truth about God. God could save by many. He can conquer by, or he can do it by few. So I'm going up there, and they slipped, they, they ran off that garrison. My brothers and sisters, he knew a truth about God, and the circumstances and situation didn't mean anything. Why? He knew a truth about God. Stood on it. Put his, listen, put his life, bet his life on God. King David bet his life on God. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. I want, to I want you to remember last week. Remember last week, Jacob? And remember when he was wrestling with God? Right? He's wrestling with God. And, and, and listen, we know he was wrestling with Jesus. Jesus could have just said, stop. But he didn't. He let this happen. He let that happen so that Jacob would learn something. And so that you and I would learn something. Well, what did Jacob learn? Don't listen. Let me go. It's about the sun's about to come up. I'm not going to let you go. This is Jacob telling God, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. So they've already wrestled hours. Jesus didn't prevail. He knocked his socket. He knocked his hip out of joint, right? Okay, so now I'm not letting you go till you bless me. He's wrestling with him all night, but I'm not letting you go. What's your name? Jacob. Remember that? You remember that? The heel, the heel tripper, the deceiver, the manipulator. You remember that? No. Your name is no longer Jacob. Now you're Israel. Now you're a prince. Now you're the prince with God. Hallelujah. Do you know that that, what the implications are when he says, now you're the prince with God? No, no, he's saying, now you're a conqueror with God. 
Now you are a conqueror with God. All Jacob had to do was say, listen, I'm not letting you go. I'm hanging on you. All of, the, all of the success, all of the things that I've been through, all of the ups and downs, but all of the riches and all of the things that I, I, I'm not letting you go until you bless me. I can't fix this. I can't change this. I can't, I want you to bless me. I don't want to let you go. Admit what you are. Admit what you are. Hang on to God and tell him who you are. He already knows. Tell him so that he can give you a new name. Tell him so that you can be more than a conqueror through he who loves you. Amen? Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. So listen. I know whenever I give altar calls, nobody likes to come down here. So I'm, I'm just, I don't know why. I, I, I just, I've never seen anything like this. So I'm just going to do this way, all right? If you know in your heart Holy Spirit is ministering to you, you know that this word means something to you. My brothers, my sisters, I'm, I'm asking, I'm begging you. Please, please, can you acknowledge God? Make a hand raise. Raise your hands. Lift your hands. Because my brothers and sisters, you have to acknowledge Him. You have to acknowledge Him. You have to acknowledge Jesus. You've, I, I'm acknowledging you. I'm confessing that this message has ministered to me. I'm confessing that, listen, Lord, that I believed in your truth, and now I want to abide in your truth. Amen? Amen? Amen. So, Lord, you see our hands. You see our hands raised. And, Father, I hope that our hearts are following. I hope our hearts are lifted to you right now, Lord. Lord, please forgive us for our shortcomings. We have been this or that in our lives up to this moment. But, Lord God, in Jesus' name, we want to hang on to you. So, Lord, continue. Lord, please reveal your truth to us. And, Lord, empower us to walk in your truth. Father, give us boldness and give us courage and strength that even in the situations that we find ourselves in the middle of, and it wouldn't be much easier to compromise. Lord, in that moment, in that moment, let us make a stand for your truth. Hallelujah. And, Lord, in Jesus' name, Help us in this room and those who are watching, help us to have a love that we haven't had before for each other. A love for the truth and a love for each other. And Lord, in Jesus' name, have your way in us, through us. Let your fruit be so evident in each of us that it can't be help but to go noticed by others who then want to glorify our Father in heaven. It is you that compels us. It is you Lord Jesus, that we're here for. So bless us, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So I want to say to you before we dismiss, before we dismiss today, I'd like to see um, Catherine, um, the Carters, please. Um, Steve, Deacon Steve, just for a quick short and... Um, Mitch and Rachel, just for a quick, short uh, briefing, okay? Um, but before we do that, before we dismiss, I, I, can, are there any prayer requests? I, I have, I know we have to pray for Mom DeSano. We have uh, some traveling mercies for Luke. Uh, we want to give thanks to God for bringing uh, Rachel and Mitch's family home safe. But amen. what else? Yes, sir. Uh, Agnes Carter, heart surgery. Yes, amen. Okay. Okay. Okay, so. Okay. Amen. Salvation. Okay. All right. So, so here, here we go. So now, l listen. When we pray, we're, we're binding our faith together according to the Word of God. But now watch. Here's the thing. I'm not going to be able to name all the names. But you can. Amen? Amen. So here we are, Lord God in your presence, thanking you again, Jesus, for what you've done, that we have the ability to come into the holiest place and we have the ability to make our request known. Lord God, I pray that all of these physical calamities, Father, that all of these physical things in these bodies that are hurting, that have problems, whether it be cancer, burns, whether it be all of these, whether it just be a, a virus, Father, all of these sicknesses and diseases, 
and all of these hurts and harms in our physical bodies. Lord, you are our Jehovah Rapha. And Father, for those who are in this place, we give you thanks because we know that. But Lord, for those who are praying for who are not in this place, Lord, we ask that you minister to them. Father, yes, in their physical bodies, but Lord, I pray even more that you minister to their spiritual selves. Father, that spiritually that they are whole, they are made whole spiritually. Father, that their souls are saved and destined for heaven. If they don't know you, Lord, that they come to know you. If they do know you, Lord, energize them by your Holy Spirit. Let them feel your Holy Spirit healing power working in them and on them. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name. Father, you can do it. Father, we know that you could do it. So we, Father, we just want to have faith in you and trust in you and express it. And we, Father, do expect to see something happen, Lord, not because of us, but because of you. Father, we pray that in Jesus' name. Father, there are, we pray for our brother, Luke, as, uh, as he's traveling. We ask that you would give him traveling mercies. Lord, bring him home safe. Father, continue to give him wisdom and guidance. And Lord, we also lift up all of Catherine's family, but all of the families and all of our loved ones, Father, who seem afar off from you. Lord, I pray even for those who have been in and out of this church, who ha have been grounded in truth. Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now that they be overwhelmed and their, their minds become sound, that they come to themselves like the prodigal son, that they come to themselves and realize that you love them and you, you are not willing that they should suffer, but you have a mercy and a love and a grace that supersedes all of their sin. Father, in Jesus' name, would you please call them unto yourself. And we thank and praise you, Lord. We thank and praise you. We lift up, Lord, we lift up uh, Brother Eddie, Eddie and Sister Wanda to you right now. Father, thank you for the great work that you're doing there. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that we're able to help and assist in any way. But Father, we pray for your will to be done in all of these situations. Your will, Lord, your will be done. And in the weeks and in the months or however long we have ahead, Lord, I pray that your will be done in this church. Father, that we all speak the same thing, that we all uh, are, are moved by the same Spirit. But Lord, let us all live according to your truth, the only truth, in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you. Go in peace. And just give me a few minutes, those who have names.